fans, it's Danny here from the future. Hey, I'm just coming at you to let you know that some of the ways that you guys can support us have actually changed. So you guys can actually find Cassia on Instagram and TikTok at Cassia Allo. And her podcast is actually called The Cassia Allo Show. And in addition to that, my new TikTok and Instagram handles are at X's and T dot podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Welcome back, X's and T podcast fans. It's Danny here. And guess what? We're back. Hi. I am here to tell you that we do a lot of anti-MLM content. We do a lot of content regarding to- like trauma, toxic relationships, domestic violence, any sort of awareness. And I want to make that known because I feel like sometimes when you go into a podcast and you're not sure what to expect, it can it can be kind of confusing. And I also know that I have a lot of people who are pro MLM that like to come in here. And I just want to make that very clear. We are anti MLM here. Uh, so stop messaging me on Facebook and Instagram because none of us want anything to do with your MLM. But I'm excited to be back because, and again, we do have an anti MLM episode for you guys today. And again, we are here. We're talking based on our personal experiences. We're talking based on our opinions. All the names of the people we are talking about have been changed. And I'm going to say this, that I don't personally have beef with Amway. They are just a distribution company. My beef is with Worldwide. My beef is with all of these different Amway lines of affiliation, these tools, businesses. And I know y'all can get pretty litigious. So (laughs) personal opinion, anything I say is alleged. Don't sue me. Don't come after my guests. Like we're allowed to speak. We're allowed to share these stories. And I think everybody's voice matters. So with that, I want to introduce you guys to a brand new guest, somebody that we have never had here before. And this person, I'm so excited because I think the perspective is is different from anything that you guys have ever heard. I mean, of course, we all support every worldwide story, every MLM story in general, but this is a line of sponsorship I haven't gotten to talk to yet. So I would love to introduce Cassia. Hi, Cassia. Hi. You reached out to me and I'm wondering, how did you find this podcast? So I, I had the impulse to um, type into like the TikTok bar, like worldwide dream builders, because I've already was following like cults, like researchers and speakers. But then I was like, you know, I've been thinking about this whole like worldwide thing. So let's just see what is on TikTok about it. And then I found one other woman who talked talked about Amway and worldwide. She like was like kind of born and grew up into it. But then I also saw your, I think it was like your TikToks and then also leading me to like Instagram. Instagram and then seeing that like you accept guests and I tried to um, message you directly on TikTok and I was just you know but we weren't friends so but yeah so through TikTok um, the the most magical and insidious place I've ever been <laughs> isn't it kind of, it's it's like Reddit it can be such mm-hmm. a dark place but it can offer also like such good perspective too it, it, I have to agree <laughs> with that statement yeah um which I'm really glad. I actually, I need to do more on TikTok. I really do. Um, because uh, TikTok is is great for that. for that. And I'm really glad that you were comfortable enough to reach out and felt like this could be a place where you could share your story. And I have to ask, who is Cassia today? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So right now I'm a freelance um, service industry professional. I also do cat sitting and I'm learning how to do nails. That's uh, TBD since I need a lot of money for that. But I am teaching myself on the side. But yeah, so I'm living in the Netherlands. I just moved here like a year and a half and um yeah just kind of still finding my footing here but otherwise and more generally I think I could it's safe to say I'm an artist of sorts so um but yeah but that's also that's like yeah I'm I'm re remolding and rediscovering who I am in this uh different country but but that's awesome and 
and in a whole different country too, which is really exciting. And that's where you said you're from originally, right? Like that's where you were born and then you had moved to the U.S.? Yeah, so born here um, and then when I was five, went to the States and, you know, got fully Americanized and then um, came back here a year and a half just in time for the world in uh, in the U.S. to crash. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like our topic today. I mean, when you really think about it, when you leave a situation that for you is just like, you know what, that's not for me. This is the same thing as worldwide, at least I feel like. And, and was that kind of a similar experience for you, like leaving this this place that was kind of comfortable for you, but maybe had some things that you didn't love and then being able mm -hmm. to kind of find yourself afterwards. Mm -hmm. Very that, very that. Yeah. And in terms of like worldwide, yeah, I just feel like I somehow bypassed a lot of things, but also absorbed a lot of things I wasn't aware of. But there's just I feel like I missed a lot of toxic stuff, but I just felt that it wasn't for me, you know. So worldwide, how did you get wrapped up like the rest of us in worldwide? So I was a regular drunk uh, working in the service industry, you know, just doing my thing, frustrated with life, bitter about being in restaurants. And to some extent, I still am. But just in a, I was like in a really dark hole about like, um, yeah, what my life was, where it was going and feeling just like energetically poor and also financially poor and just like in a in a constant state of like lack scarcity, whatever. And then I was at my local watering hole and my sponsor, um, I was trying to hit on hit on her, but she also was like working at a restaurant that I had like quit, you know, a year or so before that. So I'm like talking her ear off about, you know, all the toxic points, all the toxic talking points and the trauma that I endured in this restaurant. And yeah, so I got her number and then I'm thinking we have a date and we went on two dates before I like she mentioned that we should just be friends. And uh, yeah, but then I found out later she's putting me through the process and I'm just like, cool, 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 cool. But yeah, so she found me being being a, a, a bottomless tequila well and being mad at the world. And you know, so. I think we talked about this before, but I this is something that as soon as you said that was so I don't think we talk about it enough at all that sure. Dating culture nowadays, I feel like, I mean, I feel like true crime has definitely given us a lot of perspective. I know I listen to a lot. I'm scared of everybody. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. or just more cautious. But I had never considered the fact that there really are people out there who are maybe not necessarily fully marketing themselves, but like in the dating culture, there really are people who are out there with an ulterior motive, which is like, I'm going to take advantage of the fact that you want to to pursue me, but I'm going to use that to my advantage because even though it may be somebody in a similar situation, like they're dating somebody, but then like maybe midway through the person is like, oh, hey, by the way, I need you to come meet my mentors um, and somehow some way like convince this person to join. And I hadn't thought about that. Mm -hmm. Be careful out there if you're dating, you guys, like these people are crazy. But no, that's a really good point, I think, and something that hopefully we can kind of make people aware of. Because do you feel like when you were talking to her and she like said, okay, I want to be friends, do you think that she'd already had this in mind, like the moment that you started talking to her? You know, that's really, that's a good question. It's hard to say because she is like, I know, like after getting to know her, I know that she is like queer, um, you know, on she's on the queer spectrum. So I don't know, like if she would have been I don't know what her struggle would have been, but I do know, I think her as a person, she does tend to be, um, she does tend to be kind of like more on the manipulative side and like, like she gets really sugary, but she does kind of, there's like a, a gray area with the way that she interacts with people where I think she, she's so steeped and like entrenched in worldwide that for her, it just all goes together. 
And then of course, there's also that blend of like, you know, brainwashing that um, education process where they tell you like, you know, you should vet everyone that you date through worldwide and you should everyone that you potentially want to be with, you don't want to have sex with them immediately. You want to see if they're like going to marry you and blah, blah, blah. So I can't speak to like, if she, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what her, if she was wrestling with it, you know, but I think like at the more I kind of like uncover about this stuff, I'm like, I, I just feel like, of course, you know, it would make sense that if she was like from minute one, like, okay, I know like for her specifically, like, and having gotten to know her that she did have, like, she goes in and out of like lapses. Like we all, all did when we're like, you know, trying to wrestle with being human and, and build the business and, and go, you know, whatever, go diamond. But, um, so I feel like there's like a part of her that would like wrestle with, like, I want to be dating in a normal way, but then I also know I need to be doing this process with people. And so to kind of somehow make good on the agreement that she has with worldwide, she, you know, puts people through process that you know by her using her words is designed not to look like a process so I'm like I don't know what the fuck is real anymore <laughs> no and but, that's uh, a good point because I feel like because I mean we've brought we've prospected and mm-hmm. um definitely gotten wrapped up into that and I know that when mm-hmm. people are so so into worldwide they truly believe that what they're doing is a good like they are doing a service they are being the most genuine person to you but then Mm -hmm. when when we leave we realize like oh no i was being so like manipulative and and just rude to this person in a way that i invaded their life in a way that they probably didn't want me to but of course Mm -hmm. with worldwide we are quite literally coached on how to talk to people in fact we were just talking about this and and when you're in it you don't see it that way. And then afterwards, mm-hmm. if somebody were to talk to me like that now, I would be like, do you sound kind of culty? Like, are you okay? Blink twice if you need help. Like <laughs> something's not okay here. Yeah, no, I definitely like um, now getting out of it. And I've, again, like it's really been the last couple of weeks um, together with talking to you and um, just absorbing a lot of like anti MLM, anti cult media, and just being like, oh, like that, that need to have a mission that need to be beyond and transcendent as a person. And like that, that feeling that if you're just a regular human being, there's something wrong with that. And like unpacking all of that, you know, it's just yeah, but it's it's hard to see like even sometimes and up until recently, and I would say, I don't know, like, I could maybe be coerced into another one who knows, but like just catching that uh, desire to be that like special shiny human who you know has all the answers and is right about everything it's like you literally can't be there's too many perspectives there's too many different ways to go about life for you to be the one and only or to know the one and only it just doesn't make sense you know yeah Yeah. actually you had said something that I have found to be so profound and that was that nobody is above a cult can you kind of go into how you view that and and why you think that yeah, so I think the the thing that makes cults successful is because they are they get really good at finding your pain points and then using that to kind of tie into their mission. And so um, I think like for a lot of people, they can't understand why you would want to be in a cult, but it's because the the cult is not addressing what their pain points are. And so if you don't have the same, you know, life experience or whatever, if you don't have like scarcity around money, but maybe you have scarcity around social aspects or, you know, um, I don't know, whatever, could be anything like learning about the children of God and all these other things, religion and all this stuff. It's like, you don't know, you haven't been approached by someone that has found your pain point. But I think 
it's just a matter of knowing where it hurts for you in your life and then tugging on that you know and it's just um it's crazy because when I think about it I actually was like recruited into three different MLMs over the same pain point it's always been for me money but I know other people have been wanting to you know transcend this life or like do well spiritually or do better for the kids like this whole conversation around like save the children is a huge pain point for people and it's so easy to like pull you in when they know how like desperate you are to like protect this, you know, scared little inner child, you know, so yeah, but I don't think I think when people talk about like, how could you ever do that? There's like the shame around it. It's just like, no, 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 they just need to know what you need. And then they can say whatever. And it's so easy. And they can start reasonably and then slowly, you know, yeah, and envelop you and and swallow you completely. So not to really, that's so, that's such a good point because I, I, and I think that's so good for anybody who listens, who's hasn't been through this. Um, it's very similar to like an abusive relationship. It, it's not like we walk in knowing that, Hey, I'm going to start manipulating people. This is what they do. This is what I'm going to be doing. You walk in with the, they paint a dream for you. And even with an abuser, right? They have love bombing. It's the same thing with worldwide. They love bomb the crap out of us. And slowly they are manipulating us. And then eventually the abuse actually starts. And it's like the analogy that I've always been told that I always try to give is like, if you put a frog in boiling water, they're going to jump right out. But let's say you put this frog in a nice cool water and you slowly turn the heat up, the thing will boil to death. That is human nature. We want to be accepted. And when we're getting what we feel we're lacking, we're more likely to stay. And even in worldwide, um, and I don't know if it's the same with your line of sponsorship, but with mine, they would tell us when you like, think of your upline stories, think of anybody in your upline of what they've been through. If somebody mentions that, oh, I actually know somebody like if they were in, if you meet somebody who was in veterinary, and you can think of somebody in your upline who even even if they did it when they were young, we were taught you pull from that and use that for them. Oh, hey, I actually know somebody who is a great friend of mine. They've also been in the veterinary industry and they've truly taught me so much just with the knowledge that they have there. And I would love to extend that over to you. I mean, mm -hmm. when you're being offered something that you're like already interested in, that sounds dope. Introduce me to them. I want to know them today. I think that's super important for people to, to understand. So like, especially, I don't know, you know, I can't speak to other past eras and decades, but I feel like especially now there's also like, a thirst for influence and like wanting to be influential and to be influenced by people who are influential. And so when you start throwing around big, like lofty terms, like, you know, I know someone who did what you did and they, you know, really improved their life and all this stuff. I think like, it's so easy, especially under like capitalism and patriarchy to be like, oh, fast track. Yes, absolutely. Like, and for a lot of people that may not be the case, but for a lot of us who maybe like, I definitely felt like insignificant in my life and, you know, like kind of trapped. And I was like, oh, like someone up there went to like talk to me down here so it's just like you know I just feel like there's a lot of like influence um influence based seduction that they like also kind of sprinkle over you while they're while they're putting you through the process you know yeah so speaking of the process you're you're finding out that this person who you had been interested in in a romantic sense you went on a couple of dates with them and then eventually you're told like hey like let's just be friends totally understandable people do that like all the time which so yeah. you're now you're friends with this person what does it look like when they 
they start taking you through a process when they actually introduce you to their upline. What was your first like impression of that? And what was it that they said like, hey, X, Y, and Z? And you're like, I'm in. I really want to find out more where eventually it led you to your first maybe board plan or function. Well, that's kind of hazy to be honest. Um, No, so like, honestly, I think like the process was present even just in like little physical pieces from the beginning. I remember my sponsor having like a binder of stuff and I now know, you know, obviously it's like Amway related and worldwide related, at least even if it wasn't a full binder of only that, I knew she was carrying information that I wanted to read. I was really curious about that she was kind of withholding, you know, kind of like catfishing or like, a, you know, just baiting me with. Yeah, I kind of don't remember. I just like, it was just like a haze of like, okay, we read this book and it was like a book about like, you know, like providing service and like how, like adding value to people's lives. And that's how you receive value, blah, blah, blah. Then an audio. And I just, I don't know, somehow I just ended up in Florida or somewhere at an event. Then I called off work and like done it all last minute because of course there's all this pressure. So for me, there was like, it was kind of a a whirlwind, like every week, you know, there was something new. And of course, now looking back, I'm like, of course, you know, obviously you're being recruited. But at that time I was just like, oh, like, you know, of course, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I got time. I'll do it. And then boom, boom, boom. I'm in Florida. And then we come back and I'm signing papers. So for me, it was really like so fast. And I like struggle also with that feeling of like, you should have known, but it's like, yeah, again, it's like, it's designed to be a greased wheel and you're not supposed to feel the friction at all, you know, but um, yeah, I just, my process was, you know, go to Florida. Then I met, um, you know, my platinum upline. And I remember like, it's a married couple and the wife is like, oh yeah. Like she like, you know, pinned my personality type and I was like really like whoa you know like wow you you already know my personality from one time but of course now I'm like no they were talking about you and Kate (laughs) wow you just unlocked a memory and I think I told you this Mm -hmm. like every time I talk to somebody about this as something brand new comes up that was something that they did you're right they would always in my line of sponsorship very similar they would tell us like hey send me a Kate about this person send a Mm -hmm. brief description of how old they are their name what they do for a living and I always, I never, I just did it because I was like, oh, they're genuinely interested. No, they give it to the speaker because it's a manipulation tactic to make them feel like, oh my gosh, they do already know me, but it's in, it's in a sense and it's not direct, but it's in a sense mirroring. It's their way Mm -hmm. of getting information to be the person that you want them to be. Yikes. That's crazy. And I didn't think of that until you're saying that now, because I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just like recapping my little meeting and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, you're like passing on information so that they're more easily like manipulated. And it's like, ugh. Ah. every time I learn more about it, I'm like, oh, you know. Yeah. But it's, I mean, yeah. hey, we've all we've all been there. It, and there really was that sense of, like you said, that shame, like I should have, I should have known. But you mm-hmm. couldn't have because like mm-hmm. you said, you're not designed to, it's not designed for you to know that this is a quote process. You're not told yeah. immediately, straight out the gate, if you were told, hey, this is Amway, you're actually going to be talking to people to try to pull them into the same organization. Are you interested? Would you have said yes? Absolutely not. Yeah, no. So was it presented to you in a very ambiguous way? Where in the process did you learn that it was Amway and worldwide? And I'm guessing it didn't happen straight away. No, absolutely not. I think Amway maybe was mentioned like if let's say, I don't think my process was five days, but let's say it was five days. I think probably on the fourth to the fourth and a half day, you know, like it was very late in the game. Um, and then 
same thing with worldwide worldwide was mentioned i think when i was signing like to all the the cardinal rules and all this stuff so i learned everything later but then also like as i learned later that is just how it goes because they're like you don't want like people to start like thinking too much drawing judgments for themselves or like having any information without us you know manipulating them of course they didn't say manipulating but um yeah so you we're we were coached and i experienced like a very coy process up until signing day basically um with a lot of euphemistic jargon that will just kind of fly you through the papers and your signing before you know it absolutely it actually helped I always mention this now that I've found it, that the bite model, Stephen Half bite model. Um, so again, this is for fair use and commentary purposes. This is from freedomofmind.com. This is a reminder is bite, behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. That is deception is number is listed as number one on information control, deliberately withholding information. And that is a tactic that cults will use because they would tell mm-hmm. us at least in my line of sponsorship, hey, you're not like, that's a premature question. And we're not quite there yet in your process. We want to make sure that you're given all of this information before and we feel that you're ready for this piece. And that is so fucked up when you're thinking about it. And and remind me, which years were you in? Um, I quit during COVID and I think I got in like late 2018. So I wasn't in very long a uh, year and a half. So I want to say 2018. You were there then to see the shift between you buying your own products to you have to start selling them. It was very much like you log your use, but you kind of count it toward, and it was confusing to me then. So I'm not able to explain it fully now, but it's just like, you're basically logging your personal use. If you buy things for the house, you know, if you have roommates or whatever, and you log that toward your like customer um, CV or whatever that point value was. And so it's just like, yeah, my, my sponsor is also like ordering, you know, paper towels and spray cleaner for her apartment and having her roommates pay her back. And she's just like, you know, whatever logging it or even if they don't pay her back she just counts it toward the um customer pv and it's just like okay and then when they eventually were switching over i remember there being like all these kates and like you know whatever of like okay this is a new system it has to be like new and unique emails and it has to be in the computer and you can't just whatever and so they really made a push to making more like quote unquote, valid information in order to suss out any like faulty or fraudulent uh, orders. But, you know, obviously there's workarounds for that. And it's just like, yep, nope, you explained it very, very well. That's exactly how we were taught as well. I was in from 2016 and I ended in 2019. And through this time, they were very clear, you're buying from your own store, which Mm -hmm. is really interesting because they would always say, you're not selling anything. This isn't sales. You're not here to push a product. You're here to help people buy from their own store. And yep, we would be taught to pretty much bullshit our customer volume. My upline, I call, um, they become my platinums, John and Barbara. They, John would always say, you're the customer, you're buying it. So you can just put in your 50 PV and they would send out Kate's. Don't forget to put in your 50 PV because then you will not get your bonus and it just goes straight to your upline. So I'm really, Mm -hmm. it's really interesting that they would tell us to do that. But yeah, we would bullshit customer volume, which is really interesting because I've learned now that there's really no such thing as personal use. Amway just views it as PV either way. It is purely PV and the intended purpose is to buy the products wholesale and sell them to other people. It is, they would always say, this is not a hype up, sign up or stack it deep and sell it cheap business, which is, then they would say, that's how they used to do it. That's not how we do it anymore. But now they're, they're like going backwards. And I 
I would love to think that Zay and Melody had a huge impact on that. They're telling a story. This is what happened to me. This is our, this is what we experienced. Like if it's illegal, like that's not my fault. It's their fault. Kind of a situation. I have so much respect for the content that Zay and Melody had made. And I still advocate for their YouTube page. They are not active on there anymore, but I still tell people like, Hey, go check out these videos. They are always going to be valid. It doesn't matter what era worldwide is in. It's all applicable because they're just getting more and more manipulative. I do want to mention one thing about sales though. Like I, I don't remember it being mentioned in the beginning. I do feel like they uh, did mention sales a lot later, but they're like, of course, you'd be proud to talk about your products, whatever, whatever. But it's like, then the products were like extremely expensive. I know they said you got a lot of value for the price, but I really felt like you did get a lot of value, but it was still very pricey, you know? And so they'd be like marketing this to, you know, the average, um, you know, average Joe, the people you work with that you come in contact with that are in your family who are presumably on that uh, same, you know, poor people bracket that they warned you about not to have in your five person circle, but then they want those people to buy, you know, an $80 serum plus, you know, a toner plus a this plus a this plus a this. So there was later on more of a push towards sales as I went along, but it was more in the, in the, you know, the usual phrasing of like, you're just recommending a product. You're, you should be excited to do this because obviously you are proud of these products. Right. And it's just like, you're like, yes, you know, um, but it's like, I don't want to push, you know, excess when you can get a cheaper thing and that's equally as effective even if it's my store you know it just doesn't make sense (laughs) excess Mm -hmm. cases are so tiny and Mm -hmm. i know that when we were buying them we were often told like hey have them for your upline serve on your upline always have their favorite excess what a memory You too? Yeah. 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 You want to bring, and of course your upline also has all of it anyway. So why are you bringing all this extra stuff? But anyway, so it's just like, yeah, yeah. Very much like bring stuff for your upline, make sure that they're taken care of. Yeah. Love on them. Yeah. Roll out the red carpet, shine their shoes, whatever you guys do. No, that's, it's such a good point. And, and it's interesting is, and um, I think, I think Fisher had put it so well, is we talk a lot of them about the manipulation now, but I, you guys, we really were out here, like idolizing these people. These were our heroes for a brief period of time in our life. And I do want to kind of go into like, what was your honeymoon phase like? Um, so yeah, I think like my, my honeymoon phase is like, I was really, um, I was honestly like impressed with the products, even though I was bankrupting myself. And so I was really excited to like have vitamins and like, you know, have energy drinks and whatever, like have that part of like my health routine, um, uh, you know, however toxic that may be, you know, but I was just like, oh, like, and then also this like community of people are like helping me. And I had like, quote unquote, friends that were walking through in life. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just was so, so feeling like superior and also like breaking, uh, breaking old habits. Like, again, I like was drinking tequila, I think like five nights a week at my, my bar up the street, my bar, but uh, at the bar up the street from my apartment. And yeah, so it helps me just like have a different relationship to myself. So I was like, obviously it can't be bad because I'm like, I've learned how to not have drinking as like my coping mechanism anymore. And I'm like, you know, around quote unquote successful people. And I'm going to functions where people are talking about future things. And I just felt very like pumped up by this idea of like talking about future and investing in myself and investing in my family and like serving people, which I didn't give a shit about before that point. But, you know, I just felt very like empowered 
nurtured and like enriched by being in a community that was like constantly doing self-development and like, you know, holding each other to a standard, a higher standard. Of course, now I'm realizing that was just kind of like a lopsided downward slant of standard. But, um, you know, yeah. So for that first year, I would say, um, yeah, just I was really impressed with the community and really like wanting to like dig deeper and become more of like of that person, you know, but even still all the while having like a little like nagging feeling of like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But like being like, no, it's fine. Like everything I've seen is so nice and so great, you know, but um yeah. So as you're you're kind of in your you're in your excited phase about the business, what were the expectations for you maybe towards the beginning and then how did they change when sales became more prominent? Even clothing expectations, like how did it look for you to be a worldwide dream builder? Oh God, this is a deep question. Um, Okay, so in the beginning, there was a lot of focus around getting your budget right. And so like I was just like grappling with getting my budget together. And then obviously they were pretty open about like with the intent of getting you to the point where you can like budget in your ditto and budget in all the things that the cost and the, the membership and the cane and blah, blah, blah. Um, but they're very flexible about it in the beginning or just like a little bit less pressed. And then as far as like clothing, also like less, less pressed about like how I was presenting, still encouraging me to come out with like as professional and like modest clothing as possible, not with like, you know, not covering up entirely, but just coming in like modestly professionally dressed, which also has layers of uh, toxicity in my opinion. But anyway, so yeah, so in the beginning, it was very easy. And I had a very like creative, gothy, witchy style kind of like oversized, like I was wearing like this like oversized velvet, you know, jumpsuit, you know, to events and board plans. And I don't think that really fit with the worldwide plan. Um, but then as I went on, I would be praised for, you know, if I looked particularly polished, or I was just constantly being praised for when I would like dress in a specific way. And it was kind of becoming clear, like, you know, I was kind of being led in a certain direction. But then especially like I would ask, I think I asked Nancy, yes. Um, so I, I think I asked Nancy probably like one or two times, like, like, is it okay that my clothes looks like this? Or like that I'm dressing like this? And it's just very much like, yeah, it's like you know as long as you like look fine or if you're comfortable doing a board plan like that and it was just so like subtle and and kind of underhanded to like phrase it that way because also like I'm not dressed like anyone else here first of all like I am like I look like the quintessential Brooklynite you know like I'm not looking like you know uh Bill Gates and and co you know and so I was just like I'm not really okay, so I should like be more board plan ready. And then there became like this like slow and increasing like intensity of volume or like intensity of awareness and attention to uh, or like effort put into my style of changing and like developing into more corporate, you know, commercial look. Yeah. So I think like as as time went on, the, the intensity of focus on my budget, my ditto, my this, my clothes, my hair, my makeup, how much product are you wearing? You know, are you smiling at people are you on the street like saying hello how are you to everyone that you meet and are you loving on people and you know I don't know just going out of your way to be like ah, 
to everyone that you talk to. So it's just like a, kind of a slow build fervor for like that entire time, you know? No, it's true. I mean, they definitely change who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. and, and it all really does start with your clothing. Um, I'm going to quickly give reference here. So your diamond ship, you were in, and if you were in the business, maybe you know who these people are, but they are originally from Hawaii. The husband in this couple would always say things like, if this is not for you, it probably isn't for you. But then also in his audio, at least when I was there, one of the things that we always quoted from it was today's the day because that's the day he's quitting. And, and he was so excited that today is the day. Like he was so excited to do this. Yeah, that was so prominent from him that I feel like if you know, he said today's the day, that's him. So that is this couple. I think they lived in Portland at that time. They were, they had a business that was kind of a little bit all over and you were, I forgot to ask this because you were on the East Coast, right? Like you were in like the inner city of New York. Yeah, I mean, I to be honest, like it's so hard for me to wrap my head around like how this like web of like association happens. I couldn't even tell, like the obviously, the branches and the roots go very far and wide but it's just like I my upline and I didn't know the names of everyone in my upline but I felt like they were from mostly from the west I don't know but um yeah I was always amazed like uh but I also felt like I was it was me and my sponsor alone in New York obviously the other worldwide people but from like my little corner of worldwide it was just us two and then like my upline platinums were like in Florida with everyone else so mm -hmm. did you guys have what did your board plan schedule look like? Like, did you guys have quite a few board plans? I mean, you're really far away from your upline. Did you have them like virtually? Yeah, for a while. I feel like there was like a lot of pump faking. Like there was a lot of like, we're going to do board plans when you build a team this big. So I, I honestly didn't see a board plan until, I don't know, when COVID started, I think, because then it became, okay, now we're going to do stuff on Zoom. And that was for me like, you know, yeah, like a year that I'd been in it. And maybe I saw a board plan, you know, from someone else. I think actually, yeah, I was like going to board plans in New York, but they were under other lines of sponsorship where like they were like tangential, but they weren't actually related to me at all. And that was like a way of like getting me plugged in. So like my my board plans for my actual upline, my platinum and whoever else I saw on Zoom for the first time. Wow. Yeah. But I do want to like sneak in there. Like there was like a, a whole culture of like, oh, we're on the East Coast. We do what we want. And we're kind of a rowdy bunch, especially like the Florida bunch. Like apparently they were, I don't know they like I think they were wearing what they wanted to for a while but then like there was like kind of a wave of like correcting that negative behavior and also like New York and Jersey there's very much like yeah whatever we do whatever but it's just like but we really don't and we'll get we'll we're going to be combed out too you know because it was like we, we do whatever we want so the women dress like in all these different you know iterations of professional but I think like I, I was very aware of like everyone that I saw for the most part we were all in that you know lower lower tax bracket kind of people and so of course we were all just dressing like you know regular people uh, but I was conscious of the fact that that would change and that we would eventually get to we have to wear a dress we have to look like this we have to because that was always being pushed as like the ultimate you know penultimate goal for like womanhood if you're a woman you know so so when did you kind of start to see some red flags when you when when was it like you know what, this doesn't seem right something about this is off and honestly I think 
like if I'm like really being honest, I think like the whole um the whole process was a flag, but I it was so rushed. But I think the one that I was first conscious of, yeah, that's a really good question. I just remember like going to like big functions and hearing a lot about like patriotism and nationalism and all of these isms, capitalism, and being like, I don't know, but okay. And then also like hearing speakers saying, like, yeah, like you don't think like us now and you you may not agree with us now but eventually you're gonna agree and you obviously like we're successful and you're not so obviously we're doing something right and I just remember like those things being reiterated over and over in like large functions and I was like um okay like I politically lean in the complete opposite direction of everything worldwide stands for but I'm the schmuck and I'm eventually going to understand and agree with you later and I just remember that sitting with me crazy because I was like as a uh, woman of color as a queer person as someone who you know, I have a, a multi-ethnic background and I'm not a citizen of the U.S. I just kind of struggle to find, you know, how I just struggle to be convinced, you know. Yeah, I struggle to find like the, the logic in what is being said very plainly and boldly on stage, you know, but I just kept like trying to deny, you know, or like not deny, but like I don't ignore that it was happening because I was constantly being told like, yeah, just take what take what fits and leave the rest. And it's just like, well, of course, that's a perfect dismissive statement, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So being a part of the queer community, did you feel like this was a place that you were genuinely accepted? And did you feel represented as a person of color and, and all of these different backgrounds that you you have definitely not um but I did see like people like uh that were trying to build their businesses like um I saw like a lesbian couple there you know but they're all kind of just like still regular like me you know so I saw more of people like me and we are already very like not very many there but there were more people there but we were all just in like the bottom rungs of it so it's just like every time I'd look at quote-unquote leadership and I'd see mostly white all Christian all heterosexual all you know patriotic bible thumping christian you know i was just like i don't i'm not there i don't see any of myself there and when i would have questions about like what if my beliefs are different what if i want to have like my wife on stage and it's just like well you know you you you'll be the first one to represent like queer people on stage and so like that's your story to tell but it's like okay but that still doesn't answer the question because now we're also talking about being pressured to have children and get married to and adopt uh heteronormative ideas about how relationship works so there is no literature there that addresses or or coaches me or helps me in any way develop my relationship to my sexuality. It's just all focused on and geared toward woman, love man, honor man, submissive to man, you know, and I'm like, there is no room for me to be a spiritual, you know, gay on any level, you know, but um, yeah, I was just constantly brushed aside like, oh, well, when you get to the stage, you can tell your story. Do you um, think they would have let you? Uh, you know, I think that they would have let me tell a very squeaky clean version. I think that yeah. I could have told a very, very, very manicured version. And I definitely could not kiss or hug my wife on stage is how I feel, you know? Yeah, but which is you know. so sad. But I, you definitely bring up like a really good point that it really is what, and I call it base level people. We're just regular old normal people at the very, very bottom. And that's so true. Mm -hmm. I saw so many amazing gay couples who were there and building the business and, and being so supportive. But you could also see the, and I feel like maybe it was different with my line of sponsorship because I feel like my line of sponsorship was pretty fucking intense, which is really interesting because they would praise our cultural diversity. But th no, there was no cultural diversity. It was everybody was just the same and everyone was trying to emulate the crowns. And who are the mm -hmm. crowns? Two rich 
privileged white people. Like that's yeah. what our expectation was to be. So it's like, I don't feel like even though we might have different skin tones, there was no cultural diversity whatsoever. And I know actually no. speaking of, you idolized a couple on stage who also had a very similar, like we want to project cultural diversity by bringing this business to a third world country. And mm -hmm. that's so interesting to me because my views of this couple has totally changed since I was in the business. Is it the same for you? Yeah, so to be honest, I didn't think about them until this uh, today. Um, but um, yeah, so it was uh, Tom and Veronica. So definitely like Veronica was, I think, the only black person that was in like the diamond area. I felt like she represented like um, not only like that she was like an immigrant, but she was like a woman and she built it herself and she pulled herself by her bootstraps and she's tough and she's proud and really big personality and, you know, her style was really cool even in her fucking patriarchy you know Christo heteronormative you know whatever but um yeah so I just like she would get on stage and she would have so much like fire and passion and be like you know but then I started also feeling like it started feeling canned and that's also the thing like I was trying to like ignore and deny the fact that I was like seeing how um canned it was and I don't think I, I mentioned this before um but it's like also jogging my memory now but she was always like really passionately saying on stage about how she you know she had barely enough money even just to buy her own food regularly and then also like the the cost of the products and in connection to like Jamaican currency like Jamaican currency I guess was so weak and she's like I had to work like 10 times harder than any of you and you know if I can do it you can do it because I you know I managed to build this business huge and you know I was doing it in Jamaica where like we didn't have very much and I you know whatever so I was just very like yes you know this bitch is bad like she's like fucking power you know but then now also like uh looking back I remember having moments where I'm like seeing her also not represented by this business you know I mentioned to you about her makeup being like a shade or two lighter and just she it didn't match like the the richness of her complexion complexion it didn't match what I like imagine her style was but the color palettes didn't work and I know because they didn't work for me either like I think I could like use like one cc cream or something you know but like and I'm like mid-range you know what I'm saying so I'm like she <laughs> she um I don't know I just felt like she was telling the story over and over and over and over again and it just felt really canned um and that's kind of like my my now that I'm on the other side but I just remember noticing how canned it was and then also how it just didn't seem to fit and I felt like I don't know I just got the feeling that she was also trying to like you know keep up with the Joneses even though she was one of them you know and like as a woman of color to be up there on stage with a bunch of white asshats who are you know talking about the opportunity and how diverse and possible it is for everyone knowing goddamn well that it's not <laughs> you know so yeah yeah I remember she did she spoke with such passion and mm -hmm. if you're not I'm sure by now you probably know since we mentioned Jamaica but if you're not familiar this is the couple where Tom is from Portland Oregon and Veronica <laughs> is from Portland Jamaica so I'm sure everybody by now if you've been a part of this business you know exactly who we're talking about and one mm -hmm. thing that that I have always considered since leaving about this couple is that they are bringing this business to a country that is already impoverished. And this has been known to literally drive people out of their bank accounts. Like most people in this business are broke, broke. Like I think that was the most broke I've ever been and uh, being in the mm -hmm. part of this business. And you consider the fact that she's taking, they, both of them are taking it back to this country where sure they might believe genuinely and 
can show off all the things that they have. But a lot of people are fucking struggling and they're mm-hmm. only making it worse, in my opinion, which is frustrates me. But then, and again, that was like such a minimal, in my opinion, amount of representation for you, for really all of anybody who's a person of color. I know when I joined the business and, and actually pretty much on the last leg of my journey, there was uh, another uh, another couple who went diamond and it was a husband and wife and the husband was a person of color. And so that was really interesting because my upline was a person of color and he would always be like that, like I am represented by that. And it's like, but that's just you. Can everybody mm-hmm. feel like this person was so, he was worldwide and worldwide mm-hmm. is not culturally friendly. Even even we are just talking no. about the Amway products, like you said, and no, no beef with you, Amway, a personal opinion here, but there is no cultural diversity within your products. I mean, like mm-hmm. you said, the shades are not inclusive because you do mm-hmm. have so many beautiful skin tones that are so much darker than than what you're offering. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not a fan of Amway products. Sorry, Amway, but yeah. I hated yeah. your products. Those bars yeah. hurt my mouth. They were shit. And <laughs> honestly, they were I mean, your excess. Like, sure. At first, I convinced myself that I like them, but I will mm-hmm. still prefer a sugar-free Red Bull to your junk. And if it curdles milk, I don't care. Yeah. I'd rather it curdle milk in my... I don't even drink Ooh, milk. The I don't do dairy milk. products. The do you remember milk. that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was the way yeah. that they advertised yeah. excess like that and um being yeah sick. and who's mixing energy drinks with milk like what the fuck like what analogy is this like what do you do yeah. what, what's your life what's your life like <laughs> you know? right exactly and um I know one other thing that you had mentioned that is kind of um going back to these really patriarchal toxic traits that are being passed down to people is the mm-hmm. the forcing of intimacy the the way that they are quite literally putting men on a pedestal and women have to be submissive and what was your view of that especially being queer yourself like how how does that at all like help you in your life I mean anybody really yeah I mean yeah I just like as a again as I've been unpacking all of this patriarchy and like internalized misogyny all this stuff I'm like oh so you're basically talking about coercion and rape okay cool you know also I probably shouldn't be like throwing the r word around so crazy so trigger warning after the fact you know it's just like so you're talking about like uh organization organizational sanctioned assault on every woman in your organization as standard practice and as a duty and an obligation my first like introduction into that line of uh you know thinking was through my um my platinum upline so it's robert and nancy so nancy you know just casually saying how she was having issues with her husband and like after being coached on it and like doing some personal growth and reading books like realizing that the way to get him to listen to you basically is to fuck him even if you don't want to and she was saying i think mentioning about how she was like withholding because obviously she's angry she's not even withholding because there's nothing to withhold she's fucking pissed and she's annoyed about that you're not emotionally sensitive also i have a story about that that's kind of like indicative but anyway it, it's like we laugh about it now kind of story where you're like it's funny weird not funny haha but anyway yeah so she just was like yeah you know so i just started like you know having sex with him um and i just realized like that's just like a way that we can connect and like he's just it, our relationship is much better basically and i'm like at the time like i didn't have the words of like assault coercion none of that in there, even though
even though I was very familiar with other terms or other types of assault, but looking back, I'm like, so she's not really into it, but she's doing it because it's her duty. Okay, cool. And it makes you listen to her better. Okay, cool. But that she has to keep going with this, even when she doesn't want to. Awesome. Yeah, there's even like, but it's obvious that it doesn't work because even there's a, there was a story that she told me about. They went on a, a function, they bought donuts and she got herself like one she's really excited about. And I guess like there was some person or someone else who was really hungry. So he gave her donut away, even though he had a bunch of other ones that he had bought. So I think like he had bought like a, you know, six or 12 or something. And so all, all different kinds of donuts and one of them he wanted. So he didn't give his away and he didn't give any of the plethora of other donuts that he could have given away to this so, so-and-so, but he gave away hers and didn't understand why that was a problem. And I'm like, if that's not indicative of like how useless and how um, ineffective this whole system of like you have to fuck your husband to get him to listen to you value you honor you respect you whatever lies I'm like what the hell you know like they don't they don't actually if they don't oh, if they need to have sex with you to listen to you they don't give a fuck about you you know and I wish I could have told my coach that at the time you know oh definitely I mean that's even in that's in behavior control of the bite model and I, I mm-hmm. know that the way that you say that is but it's true it is true and I I personally am right there with you as far as like and, and we have I feel like the way that we have to address it has to almost be in a way that kind of disconnects us from it. And that's why I too would kind of say it with maybe the same tone of voice, because it's something that I don't want to really connect myself with, but it's true. They really Mm -hmm. did. And not because they're blurring the lines of consent. And I remember saying this in a previous episode as well, that like, oh, well, maybe we didn't have, because in in behavior control, they have kidnapping, beating, torture, rape, separation of families, et cetera. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I would argue that they did have that. They did Mm -hmm. have rape in there. I personally believe it does kind of happen in the, and what's interesting is that we, I feel like as a society, we really need to change our views of what that means, because I feel like people Mm -hmm. really don't understand the, it's all encompassing in coercion is not consent. Mm -hmm. Anything out of coercion is not consent. And that in itself is rape. And I'm so sorry for anybody who's a part of worldwide. If you hear this and you're like, that's defaming me. It's like bullshit. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, one, Mm -hmm. they don't even know who you are because I'm not trying to defame you, but to your wives who you are on stage, quote, praising as you are on. Mm-hmm. candy but at home if they want any sort of respect and dignity at all they have to be intimate with you and not quote withhold which is why this, their books that they're pushing push, preach the same message and if that in itself yeah. has not shown you guys that because i was we were, in my last episode we were just talking about uh amway and worldwide sympathizers and making it very clear that this is not Ooh. a platform for you i do not do amway sympathizers because you're sympathizing with people who have genuinely traumatized a lot of people so i'm just going to mm-hmm. quick that as a reminder that we do not platform yeah. sympathizers here we don't i'm sorry i don't care about you like that sounds harsh but I'm talking like it'd be like if somebody nah, like you. <laughs> no it's true like if somebody like praised my abuser I would be like you can get the fuck out of here like mm-hmm. uh-uh, mm-hmm. we don't do that mm-hmm. so <laughs> clear cut. Mm-hmm. so now that we've kind of found all of these red flags what was it mm-hmm. like for you to leave like was what what did your your leaving like and you left during COVID correct yeah yeah it was a fucking relief I'll tell you that um <laughs> So I just, um, I had a realization. So I, you know how like with core, like you're being told constantly that these are the habits of successful people. Like anyone who has like a fortune 500 company 
CEO, whoever does these habits. And I was like, okay, well, if it's true that those people do those things as habits, and then we're also being taught like, you know, that this is just normal. Okay. Like that's okay. So these are success habits. Cool. And then I ended up reading or watching something that confirmed that information, but it was outside of worldwide. And it was the first time like a light bulb went off where I was just like, okay, I don't have to do world. Like if I really want to be successful and they're coaching me on this, all I have to do is read, talk to people, add value, blah, 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 blah. These are not things that are exclusive to worldwide, which makes worldwide much more insidious because it's in a way correct, but it also means that I'm free to <laughs> kind of come out of this like loophole and leave because I was like, I knew like in that moment when I realized that I didn't have to stay with worldwide in order to be successful and that it's not like they had the secret sauce or anything. I was like, okay, I just felt like fucking relieved to, to have the permission from an outside source and kind of corroborated by worldwide at the same time that like if I really want to I can be successful doing the same habits just not all the all of the shit that they ask you to do yeah which is such a good realization because you can do whatever you want on your I mean realistically on your own with these with these principles and if you need a mentor there's so many online who are available you can just connect with and be like hey so I'm thinking mm -hmm. of doing x y and z like what do you suggest like the amount of people that I've talked to um or even or even just follow it's so easy it, I don't want to say easy I apologize I, it's so it's so possible it's possible to even just watch a podcaster online and take notes. That is a mm -hmm. form of mentorship. You don't have to directly yep. talk to that person and be like, hey, I want to start a podcast. Please teach me how. It, it, like, There's so much information out there that people are just outright sharing that we don't need cults to teach us how to do things. And I love that you found that. And I love being able to share that because mm -hmm. there's so many people who maybe have a fear of starting because I was terrified to start a podcast. I was like, oh my God, like I don't know what I'm doing. But slowly and surely you're figuring it out. And mm -hmm. we can do that just by honestly reading something, reading a, a, yeah. an article, a book or a list that somebody else wrote that's mentorship. And it doesn't yeah. have to be what worldwide fucking says that it is. So now that you're mm -hmm. now that you're out of worldwide, I know that we've kind of talked about some things that we've learned about worldwide now that we're out at any point during worldwide. Was there any sort of indication at all that these leaders could allegedly be getting paid off of your app memberships? Hell no, I don't like when you told me, oh, my God, that blew my mind because they they make it seem not make it seem they tell you out right like this is just for use as an informational system for you in order to help you succeed not once did they mention there's not even a mention of where that money even really goes like I know you know I feel like sometimes they kind of allude to like paying their staff, but like that also is kind of like they talk about functions doing that and like whatever. There's just they didn't at least in my corner of worldwide they didn't mention anything about how that was how that money was being used. Yeah. So again, I'm gonna say this because I have to. It is alleged we were given this information from a an anonymous third party source that had screenshots of a pretty high level pin person telling us like, hey, now we're making money off of you guys via apps. And even there's also um, anonymous posts from somebody who worked for Kate, who also came out and expressed this as well. So yeah, and, and and it sucks because those are the things that like, these are people we trusted. These are people that we truly, truly believed were going to take us to the top with them, that we were going to quote, run in life with them. We we're going to travel the beaches of the world with them. And then yet these are the same people who are also teaching all of these horrendous things that we have discussed here. Um, And, mm -hmm. and also, life after worldwide. What is your life like now? I know that you mentioned in the beginning, you live in a whole new country and you're um, a freelance artist. You're doing all of these different things, but how can you see your life now? And what has changed about you that you feel is a huge positive change after leaving? Well, 
one one thing that's a direct result of worldwide is like the drinking culture for me has changed like i don't have such like a um an immediate need to be like at the bar all week long but something that happened that changed in me because of worldwide and um in the opposite way where it's a good thing but is because worldwide was so shitty it's just like reigniting uh my journey to like trust myself and so lately i've been like relearning how to enjoy reading without someone asking me to you know recap it in a kate or like getting getting um more comfortable with me being a regular person you know uh, relearning how to not you know put this capitalistic uh, pressure on myself, either through work outside of or inside of a cult, you know, commercial cult, like worldwide. And so lately, um, yeah, I would just say it like brought me closer to myself and I feel more close to myself in the sense that I'm discovering, you know, how to enjoy life more. Um, even just coming to a different country was like kind of a like a slap in the face of worldwide because, you know, they're always coaching you to not go anywhere, do anything or celebrate anyone for until you make a million dollars, you know. And so, um, yeah, for me, it's just like practicing learning how to enjoy my life after having it ingrained in me so for so long, a year and a half is really not that long, you know, just call it two if you want to round up. But because um, it really felt like for all of the years since I left, which has only been a handful, it just the pressure for me to create a product do the things, have a system, be a routine was like still alive and well within me. And I kept hitting my head against the wall and being like, why, why do I not feel like I want to do this? Why do I feel? And also, why do I feel so much pressure to create this thing? And still having my like list of what was it? 30 things that I would like have lurking around in my Google drive, you know, and being like, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to retire my parents or else, you know? And, um, yeah, so I'd say like I'm I'm much more enjoying my life these days and like, you know, getting getting comfortable with like actually being myself without someone like, you know, yeah, just being an asshole behind me, you know. So, yeah. No, that's amazing. And um what is your goal when it comes to sharing your story and and in in a way exposing worldwide dream builders and these different Amway lines of affiliation? You know, I think um, normalizing how how easy it is to fall into and also normalizing like all the different phases that we go through, because I it didn't occur to me to even, you know, type in about worldwide until literally years later. You know, that's like we're going on three years later, you know, um, and I think like having these conversations more, making it more normal for people to realize, like, first of all, it's easy to get you in and it's easy to stay in even when you quit. And so like normalizing that this is just this isn't some like freak event and it's not like freaks sign up it's like we're normal people and we deserve to have that stigma of ever having been in a cult or MLM removed from us or just yeah just normalizing and talking about it and also like you know I certainly have had the experience of like learning so much about my experience through you and also through other people on TikTok where it's like oh I'm, I'm not of a faulty human being because I still can't seem to get those like the last clause of you know worldwide out of my brain like this is a very normal experience like we are still deprogramming you know and so like if I can offer that to someone else from my perspective and if we 
just all the people that have spoken on it can normalize that and also like hopefully create a softer landing for the future people who leave because there will be many 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 then I hope that we can do that you know and I hope that our it becomes loud enough that also Amway gets taken down I mean I I know that you and others say like Amway is not a bad company but fuck you Amway because you know the people that are associated with you and you know the values you stand for and you know you're standing idly by while worldwide does all this fucked up shit and even if you have a fucked up relationship with each other you still co-sign it so fuck you Amway but anyway yeah just taking down the establishment uh you know in general hopefully at some point by making this like momentum grow and uh, yeah just normalizing how yeah normal that abnormal organization is you know yeah Um, yeah no I totally I totally I totally agree I I usually um Amway, just so you know, this is a personal opinion. We can say what we want. And we're speaking from personal experiences. So don't come at me, but it's true. It is a fair, and, and honestly, anybody who wants to know the real truth, because I feel like I can mm-hmm. give perspective and we can give perspective, but you guys have to go listen to the life after MLM with Roberta Blevins, the episode about the Amway tools. That is a historian quite literally going through the history of the Amway's tools business. And they really are like a toxic relationship that they don't even want to mm-hmm. be in allegedly. And mm-hmm. honestly, I have to agree. It's like sympathizing, right? Like if mm-hmm. one they, one supports the other and you're right, it's co-signing it. And I personal opinion, Amway, though, personal opinion. Don't, don't, mm-hmm. don't come at us lit- litigiously anyway but it's true it is true so I love that you yeah. said that because yeah. I mean yeah. it's just hard because I don't want to get sued but no personal <laughs> opinion out here personal yeah. opinion yeah. but no true true yeah. that I, I appreciate that and um so yeah. how can we as a community help support you I mean one everything that you do that what that is outside of Amway and worldwide um but how can we also support you and your message of of spreading awareness about worldwide and and Amway yeah, so I have a podcast. It's called Double Rainbow. Uh, you can find it on Spotify podcasters, yeah, um, or Spotify podcasts. I'm still new to like announcing like podcast names. Um, and then also you can find me on TikTok at Cassia Lafour. It's C A S S I A L A F. Oh, you are. Um, I'm, I also have an Instagram, but it's, you know, I'm kind of like, I can feel the, like the grip of, um, you know, still that like commercialism and like, like spiritualism kind of mixed in. I'm like that cast needs to relax. But if you want to go to Instagram, it's the same name, you know, just, just like it. And if you don't like it, then don't. No worries at all. Um, we'll definitely be linking all of this. And it sounds like your your podcast is available on Spotify. And as you grow, I'm sure you'll be able to tell everybody else where you guys can, where you, where you can be found and, and where everybody can go to follow you. So we'll we'll share links and um, we'll spread the message because, and, and also you brought up a book too, that I think would be really cool um, to shout out for anybody who wants to read it. Yeah. So it's called Uncultured by Danielle Mestinek Young. Um, she's also on TikTok, but um, it was really informative for me because she's going from the point of view of being in children of God and work like being in the army um, and how those two she realized like after she got out of the cult, she joined the army that she was like, did I just get into another one? So she kind of like breaks down cults and cult, 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 culture 
And um, yeah, so she's been really instrumental in like my de like unpacking of like the fact that I was in a cult because I think it's really still hard for me to like wrap my mind around the fact that this is a cult because there is the bite model in place. There is all of this, all these other like recognizable signs and symptoms of cult cult think and cult behavior. Um, so yeah, her book was uh, yeah just really, really helpful for me and also her TikTok as well. Although I, sh- I think she has a different name on there. So you got to just find her. <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you so much for your time and your willingness to come on and and share this. If there's one thing that you could leave people with at this time, what would that be? You know, uh, if something seems difficult, if you're doing something that seems difficult, but everyone else is like saying that it's like working, it's and they're also like going through hoops and loops, like you're not faulty for not being able to pull off these like, you know, marvelous stunts that everyone's convinced you are supposed to be really easy to do. Like the people who have the things that they're trying to sell you on, they're selling you on it and they have sold their soul to get it. And I think like give your, I guess it's a way of saying like, give yourself permission to be a person. You don't have to save the world. You don't have to save yourself. There's nothing wrong with you to fix you or there's nothing to do, be, or have, or become, you know, like the, you know, worldwide and other organizations will have you believe. It's just your life is a series of interesting experiences, and it doesn't have to be more or less than that. I love the way that you say things. I'm telling you, I really appreciate <laughs> it so much. Um, if you are out there and you heard the story and you want to share one of your own, any MLM that you were part of, cult, even just if you have a story of trauma that you want to share, uh, DM me, follow me at XSNT underscore podcast. That is Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. You can catch me on Spotify, Apple Music. And I'm hoping to get more places, y'all, but I'm only one person. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, definitely I'm, I'm here to help you share your story. You can share as much or as little as you want or just follow along, even if you want to stay silent, because however you cope with things that there's no right or wrong answer. So thank mm-hmm. you, everybody. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Oh, 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 oh,